It is week five, and the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is here for you. And the reason we could be here for you is because of our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. If you can support the show, we would appreciate it. This is how we do it. This is the reason why we can do it. It's the reason why we've been doing it for so long, going into our seventh. This is our seventh year uh, recording the podcast and um, our like 25th year playing fantasy football. And the third year of our Pride and Joy, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Go download that for free. The newest, best tool ever is out. It's called True Defensive Ranking. And I'm sorry, True Matchup Ranking. Excuse me. And True Matchup Ranking gives you exactly the defensive matchups. Not to toot my own horn here, but I will say this. Last week, I was the number four ranker overall tight ends. Overall. And I would have been number one if Kyle Pitts' name was John o. Smith. And the reason I did that is because I looked at this tool and I decided all my matchups based on that tool. Don't be a tool. Use this one. With that being said, let's get into our episode. Remember, the entire episode in its entirety will be available on patreon.com slash fantasy. But until then, let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Yeah, it's week five and it's time now to go to the boards and bring in my brother, the man, the myth, the legendary. Michael, what's good, bro? What up, TM? So, man, uh, you know, it's been a busy week for me, so I haven't been able to see you, man. So, what's what's well, what's new? Uh, you know, what, what do you got? What do you got going on in the life of Michael? Uh, I know I'm going on a weekend trip this week with my girlfriend. That should be Ooh, fun. We're nice. going upstate, upstate for a few days. She has a long. She's a teacher, just like my brother Tim here. So she has Columbus Day off. So we're going on a a little mini weekend trip. Yeah, nice, nice. Columbus Day, also known as Indigenous Peoples Day, also known as Italian Heritage Day. Actually, my my uh, ninth grade U.S. history class will be debating this this upcoming Friday tomorrow. That's whether fun, or not a fun should, segment. What should it be? Indigenous Peoples or Christopher Columbus or Italian Heritage or should it be all of them? Should it be none of them? These are all. This is this is what the good. See, people want to tell you, you know, not to get political to start the show, but I'm going to get a little political here. People, right now, there's a lot of controversy around what schools teach and people on one side will try and sell you propaganda from their side as fact and the people from other side will try and send you sell you proper propaganda from their side as fact no the real good education systems the real good ones the ones that actually care about their students what they do is they allow their students the knowledge of how to gather facts sometimes they might provide them with some trustworthy sources first-hand sources and then they allow the students to make up their own mind based on the facts and that's called critical thinking ladies and gentlemen we're gonna think critically about the nfl right now and puka nakua uh managers are thinking critically about how much they've loved the 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 past few weeks and how much that's going to change because let's get into the news the first piece of news cooper cup back Full participant in practice on the walkthrough on Wednesday, and then a full participant in practice on um, uh, today. Uh, so he had a full practice both days. Looks like he is on place, pace to play. All right, Mike. So here it is. 
I think it's obvious that you're playing Cooper Cup if he's out there. How, how does this affect Puka? Because you had a guy who has 39 receptions in the first four games, had the big reception last week, clearly a target that they like. I don't think they're going to stop using him, but obviously his role is going to change. What do you think? Yeah, the Puka Nakua discourse these days is pretty funny because it's just a, a bunch of people yelling into the air the same thing. Everyone's saying the same exact thing because no one really knows. We know that Cooper Cup is returning. Um, we know that Puka Nakua wasn't running only Cooper Cup routes. It's not like he stepped in for the Cooper Cup role. He was moving around the formations. He wasn't strictly in the slot. Like Puka Nakua is still going to be able to run routes alongside Cooper Cup. But we do not know how the targets are going to be split. And that's the question. Do we think Puka Nakua is going to be able to have a Robert Woods-esque target share when he played with uh, Cooper Cup? Or is it going to be more like last year where it was Cooper Cup and nobody else? I personally, I'd bet on Puka Nakua keeping wide receiver three um, value. I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one anymore. He's not Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup and... Let's not forget how good Cooper Cup is when he's healthy. Over the last two years, he's just been an automatic wide receiver one week in and week out. So I do think uh, Cooper Cup's going to retain that value, but Puka Nakua should be able to keep a uh, a decent role as the number two option of that offense too because the, the passing offense, is that whole entire offense is just working right now. Matt Stafford's back and healthy. The offensive line isn't nearly as bad, it seems, as it was last year when they were struggling and they couldn't get anything going. So... I'm not I'm not going to be the one who sells Puka Nakua for a ridiculously cheap price. Um, I'm just going to hold him and hope it works out because I do think he he's shown enough where it would be a little silly for the Rams to just like stop using him. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head. I think when someone earns targets, we talk a lot in the show about earning targets and especially since um Cass has started creating his algorithms and Matt came on board as well, who breaking down rookies from college in a more uh, professional way. Um, you, We start to, over the last few years especially, realize this is how much getting targeted matters in terms of future targets, right? So uh, Cass wrote a whole study about this. He crunched all the numbers and, you know, Matt, uh, Matt bases his entire predictions on it and he's he's got fantastic rookie rankings. And, and our... Our, our comps also take that into consideration. So it really has really driven home. Once you earn targets, that is a wide receiver stat. That is not a quarterback stat. That is not a coach stat. Wide receivers earn their targets. And Puka Nakua is earning targets. So uh, the, the question is, like, where does Tutu fit in this as well? Because Tutu has been a guy that people have been probably starting as their wide receiver three. Um, yeah. Flat night play. Um, Van Jefferson, he might be a... a not really an option on fantasy radars, but in terms of the Rams, he leads the Rams in snap percentage. See that's on the field the most out of all three of these receivers uh, because he has a very specific role designed in this offense. So it's it's going to definitely be interesting to see how Cooper Cup and this comes because Matt Stafford also, remember, the last time we were talking about a Robert Woods role, we're talking about a Jared Goff-led team, right? So you also have to look at the history of Matt Stafford and Matt Stafford is someone who tends to hyper-target one person. Um, he's doing that to an extent now with Puka, but he's spreading the ball out a little bit. Uh, let's see if yeah. something different around that. Pretty um, funny, Tim, in uh, talking about uh, Cooper Cup in the Tingle League, our first ever Broto League. 
Um, for listeners who don't know, we call it the Tingle League. We do it every single year with the original 12 people that we uh, started it with. I'm 4-0 to start the year. It was so exciting to and, that, that back then. I'm sorry. It's like yeah. just getting 12 people who wanted to be play with us because we were us. That was like yeah. so cool. But uh, I started 4-0. I, I have started 4-0. And I was like, you know what? Let me text the, the group chat. Just to, you know, have a little fun with them. I said, I'm 4-0 and I have Cooper Cup returning. And I threw a little gif in there, you know, like to make fun of all you guys. So, of course, I'm playing DJ Moore this week, who has 30 <laughs> points before halftime. Because karma, that's what I get for talking shit. I somehow, with Justin Herbert on by, was able to pick up Justin Fields in an inexplicable move in our um, in our Fantasies League, which is the girlfriends and and the boyfriends. And only, the- only 10 teams. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but it, it's it's all the significant others with us, but inexplicably was able to pick up Justin Fields, and that's going pretty well right now too. By the way, as you know, we watch that there. We do this. We w- record this during the Thursday night football game right now. The Bears are dominating the Washington Commanders, and something that you might not have seen. I'm also playing against Justin Herbert, and I'm starting Cole Komet in the league. Boom, Cole Komet touchdown. Boom, the the Bears offense looking good against a pretty good Commanders defense. This is like. Yo, Thursday night football, man. Michael, you're the you're the guy who always talks about Thursday night football. Everything is just it's a wild card. It's just sloppy yeah, football. You, never you know just never know. The commanders are also the number like the they're basically the chargers in terms of playing down or up to competition. Like it's so weird. Every week in a week out, you never know what you're gonna get from the commanders. That's I think that's an extension of their head coach. I don't, I don't like Ron, Ron Rivera as a head coach. I like him as a guy. He seems like a good guy, but as a head coach, he's man. Um speaking of nothing that has to do with this transitioning terribly um another guy who's coming back who could have league winning potential not really coming back but off of his p- pitch count Brees Hall so uh, Brees Hall off of the pitch yeah. count that was the other big news this week he's being unleashed against a Denver Broncos defense that has been absolutely shattered i'm talking like they have been yeah demolished by running backs michael guess how many points the they are allowing to running backs per game per game like 27 41 bro they're giving up 27 on the ground and 15 through the air now obviously so i mean look at that look at that huh (laughs) so i mean obviously this is not uh this, this is helped a lot by the dolphins game where they got absolutely destroyed. But I will say this, when it comes to points over average, which, by the way, the tool available, the best tool in the game. We're not just saying that. We've gotten multiple tweets and multiple uh, Discord messages. It's like, yes, this is the best tool. Can't wait to use it again. Um, it They're also second in true matchup rank. They gave up 151% over average. So it's not as if like that one game is just doing them in. They're just terrible all around. And now Brees Hall is being unleashed against the Broncos this weekend in a game that this team wants to win. Um, If you don't remember the whole controversy with Sean Payton and uh, the Jets current offensive coordinator is Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, He was the obviously the Denver Broncos head coach that was dismissed only 10 games into his first season last week and last year. And then all of a sudden, um, unprompted well not unprompted but maybe not the most appropriate situation uh 
what's his name? Sean Payton, the new head coach of the Broncos, was like, this was the worst coach team in the history of football last year. So um, Aaron Rodgers came through. He's like, yo, don't talk about my coach like that. I'll fucking slap you. He didn't really say Yeah, that. now Sean Payton's doing just as shitty of a job, if not shittier. I, it, they were lucky. He, he would be being, being talked about as one of the biggest disappointments of the year if he they didn't pull that win at the last second last I season. just cannot believe that a team that traded away all that draft capital for Russell Wilson decided they were going to trade and saw what happened last year, decided it was worth trading another first-round pick for a head coach. Like, goodness gracious. The Broncos Bron- are the last team I'd want to be a fan of right now. Honestly, John Elway did did good for them, and then they let him go, and it's been a shit show since then. Um, let's, uh, but you know, Bryce Hall. I mean, Bryce Hall. What is your? Um, there's also a Bryce Hall on the Jets. Um, what are? What is your outlook for him this week? How fast are you making him fly up the charts in this insane matchup? How you feeling? I mean, I'm starting. Brees Hall. Um, if I have him and you've been waiting on him, like we knew there was a shot it would be a slow start to the season. It has been for Brees Hall, but he's been ramping it up more and more. And now Robert Salas said he's no longer on a pitch count. And like you said, the uh, the Denver Broncos are allowing a ridiculous 41 points per game to the opposing running backs. Um, they're the best overall, um, the best team you could play against in terms of a uh, fantasy points given up second in points over average to Chicago um, who's playing tonight. So you don't have to worry about that, but yeah, I mean, Brees Hall is a very, very good running back. If it was Brees Hall of last year, we still see the long runs. That's where you could tell that he's still not fully back. Um, he didn't score that touchdown week one last week. I mean, we were watching a game where Jets fans Monday night, it was a standalone game. So I'm sure a bunch of you were watching too. I think everyone thought he was going to score on that run where he ended up just kind of like running into the safety and the safety took him down. He talked about it in a post game, uh, post game saying that he probably should have scored on it and, and everything, but it doesn't matter. He's still a very good running back. The offense finally looked like it was starting to click last week. I'm very interested to see if the Zach Wilson of last week is going to be, is going to continue into this week against Denver. You can't really ask for a better matchup for it to continue with the way Denver's played to start this season. And, like it looked like Nathaniel Hackett opened up the playbook and said, let's see if you could do it. And Zach Wilson certainly played much better than he had uh, at any point this season or last season even. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. But in terms of Brees Hall, I, if you have him and he's on your bench, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I mean, I have Brees Hall uh, much higher than consensus this week. You might think I'm crazy, Michael, but I got Brees Hall as RB12. Um, I'm not afraid to put Brees Hall in. Right now, especially looking at the running back landscape, there's not. I went. I went a little crazy uh, with my running back rankings. We'll go over the 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 rankings. It's a little review. high, but I get it. Yeah, I mean, we'll go over the rankings review when um when we do our Patreon. So Patreon.com/slash/BrotoFantasy if you want to hear the entirety of the show. Uh, we have a lot of news to go to get to, but I just want to talk about the Jets' offense for a minute because I just want to say I'm I'm a little scared that the reason why they unleashed Zach Wilson was because they were down seventeen nothing last game and they had to throw it right i am very curious to see if they revert back to the other way this week i don't really think that's the case because he was he was throwing he was throwing it early and often in the beginning of the game too they did happen to go down quickly but um it looked like a different offense from the start to me at least uh, Kieran Williams returned to the Rams practice on Thursday, getting a limited set, uh, getting in a limited session. The Eagles run defense has been really tough uh, against opponents this year. Uh, same kind of thing as last year with the Eagles. Um, 
the Eagles. One thing that we added to a point defensive points over average is plus minus in the last three games. Um, and I believe that plus minus at the moment is is really just uh, a, a reflection of last year as well at this point because it hasn't yeah. been. It's basically um, a last season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a last season kind of thing until we get to game six, obviously, because then we'll have three games. Um, but one thing you could see is how the Eagles uh, just continue to, just like they did last year, just completely dominate uh, the ground game, but all, but be a pretty good matchup for wide receivers. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think that Kieran Williams is someone that I'm I'm trying to fade a little bit. Obviously, you have to pay him, uh, play him if you have him. Uh, but the Rams wide receivers, Puka and and Cooper Cup, those are the guys who I'm excited about starting this game. I mean, I have no issue starting Kyron Williams. He's been an RB one this year. So, uh, Chase Claypool, Michael, what the hell's going on with this guy? Seems like he's going to get traded for like a seventh round pick or something. I don't know how much value he has when he steps away from the team in two straight weeks. They go on crazy offensive runs. Like it has to be a little more than coincidence. That Chase Claypool steps off the field, and this offense is significantly better. Uh, I talk about addition by subtraction a lot in, on the show, and you know, I mean, look at the Vikings' defense. Like, it's not great, but they got rid of most of their marquee names, and they're playing better than they played last year, um, just because they. It's kind of like addition by subtraction. And I think that's the same way it's going on with Chase Claypool. Like, this guy is—he's making himself undesirable. I mean, they he's traded. Making- the first overall pick of the second round for Chase Claypool. Yeah, I mean, even at the, yeah. even at the, the right when it happened, there's a bad trade, and now it just looks abysmal. Christian Watson was limited in Thursday's practice. Uh, he ran around just on just 47 percent of the Packers' dropbacks uh, last week. I think he'll be again worked into the offense. But when you have a hamstring injury, you do need to watch out for that. It does take a few weeks for guys to get back. Romeo Dobbs has been the number one option in this uh, in this offense. I don't see that changing in the near future. Um, but hey, what do you mean Watson, in the near future? How many weeks do you think it's going to take? I don't think that he's maybe. I, I think that Christian Watson's the big play guy, and he's the guy that's going to get the chunk yards. And Christian Watson's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of building rapport with the number one offense that you're looking for in your first read, I, I think that there's a chance. Like Dobbs has has a. He's he that's something that no one else in the team has. He's 6'2. He's a big body. He's a red zone target. I don't know, man. I, I like Christian Watson's like six what six four or some shit. Yeah, yeah. He's tall. But Dubs is is AJ Brown. Christian Watson is chosen Anderson. Like you know what I mean? Like not, not quite, but not quite, but like body type. Like Christian Watson's not a big guy. Romeo Dubs is a big guy. You really had to call him chosen. I don't know. He was he was fucking he's skinny. Oh, because they just call him Robbie Anderson. No, man, that's his name. I'm not gonna disrespect the man. And his name is Robbie Chosen anyway. I disrespect. Yeah, Robbie answers. Chosen exactly. Aaron nice. Jones was also limited in Thursday's practice. If he plays, I'm totally down with playing Aaron Jones this week. How you feeling about Aaron Jones? Yeah, uh, last week was a classic. Um, you know, he's back. He's gonna play, and then he hardly plays type of game that you get screwed over because coaches like to do that i mean they were in a blowout too so there's no reason to start aaron jones but uh, excuse me to play aaron jones if you were um the packers but yeah definitely still just gonna play him if he's if he's healthy and practicing again bro aj dylan sucks aj dylan is not very good at football at all yeah pat firemuth uh another hamstring injury did not practice thursday he's probably not gonna play the tight end lamb escape that was already horrible gets worse 
Darnell Washington season, baby. Rashad Bateman is listed as a full participant on Thursday. Now, I will say this. I could care way more about a million other things than Rashad Bateman. Really? Rashad Bateman. Steelers, man? Rashad Bateman has like three long touchdowns in his career, and for some reason has convinced people that means he's a good football player. I think it's because the Steelers are uh, for the fourth best matchup against wide receivers. They allow 40 points over average. Uh, that's exactly what they did last year. You can beat this team in the air. Uh, so I, start I Mark Andrews be... and start Zay Flowers. I don't know. I think, I think Rashad Bateman has a little sh- a sneaky appeal in this game because I don't know. I just, I just foresee the Ravens needing to do something different against the Steelers offense and going for a bomb or two to Rashad Bateman down the field and maybe him catching one. I mean, obviously you're not, he's not a must start in any sense, but I think he might be a sneaky guy to put in some of those lineups that are struggling. I mean, if he's um, going to do anything, it's going to be catch a long touchdown. But. Justice Hill limited in Thursday's practice, uh, 33 yards last week, only three rushes. Um, Gus Edwards is there again. This is a carries for Gus. This is a matchup where you're liking the wide receivers and you're liking the running backs against the Steelers. The Steelers right now against running backs, uh, especially on the ground, 40% over average. They're the eighth best matchup, ninth best matchup overall if you if you include the receiver. I would prefer, obviously, Gus Edwards in this game. I'm trying to stay away from Justice Hill and with a hamstring injury. How are you feeling? Yeah, no, I'm not touching Justice Hill. Odell Beckham was limited. Uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell, again, did not practice. This guy cannot stay healthy. It's a shame because he's one of the fastest guys in the league. I think this is an interesting one here. Debo Samuel practiced on Thursday. Last week, it was kind of clear that he was nothing but a decoy, and they didn't really need him, so there was no reason to get him involved. You got a couple of rush attempts. Yeah, I mean, are you worried about Debo? Like, a lot of people, a lot of people, they, they love to jump the gun. And one thing that, we've been doing this for a long time. One thing that has really been has grown since we started this is people's inability to have the big picture over just one week. And everyone's saying that Debo Samuel's done. Brandon Ayuk is the number one receiver there now. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I mean, relax. Look, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk is good. Don't get me wrong, but let's not count out Debo Samuel uh, because of one game where he was banged up against a team that they handled easily. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think Brandon Ayuk is a real deal, but I also don't think Debo Samuel is going to be irrelevant now. Like, yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you have the 49ers offense, though, like this many weapons. Christian McCaffrey had, what, 150 yards and three touchdowns last week? Like, and then Brandon Ayuk went over 100 yards. Sometimes it just happens. You're the odd man out. Um, George Kittle has been the odd man out several times already this year, too. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop. This doesn't mean I'm not going to play Debo Samuel this week. I, I, if he's healthy, I'm playing him. Let's keep going. Javante Williams returned to practice on Thursday. Uh, this is, I mean, a lot of people picked up Jaleel McLaughlin. McLaughlin, McLaughlin right? McLaughlin? McLaughlin. Is it McLaughlin? Yeah. Sarah McLaughlin. McLaughlin. It's got to be McLaughlin, right? What's, McLaughlin? That's just the, uh, the, I an angel. That's the Sarah McLaughlin song, the one that with the, with the dog commercials. That's the worst Sarah McLaughlin's. I mean, I'm just trying to sing it quick. I'm not trying to fucking belt out some Sarah McLaughlin right now. In the eyes <laughs> of the angels. All right. Um, I should have done that. <laughs> all right. So, look, if Javante Williams plays, that's one thing. But it's going to be hard for him to play. He still was limited. So, I'm going to say this. If he does play, 
that's a complicated backfield. Well, let's imagine a world where he does not because it's Thursday. Jaleel McLaughlin uh, was one of the big pickups in the waivers this week in a slow waiver week. And then you got, on the other hand, Samaj P. Ryan. And when you're looking at their usage, Samaj P. Ryan was on the field more, but Jaleel McLaughlin had more. Uh, had more effective touches. They're playing a Jets defense that has been susceptible to the run so far this year. But I think a lot of that is game plan based. I think it was very obvious against the Chiefs that they were kind of letting Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco beat them. Um, and they were dropping a lot of guys back in coverage, dropping a lot of guys, um, sending a lot of quarterback blitzes that kind of left them open and, and exposed to the run. So it's not a great matchup, not a terrible matchup. If you were had to start someone in this game, do you prefer McLaughlin or do you prefer Samaj P. Ryan? Uh, McLaughlin took over as the lead back after Javante Williams went down. Um, he ended up with nine or ten touches to Samaj P. Ryan's eight or seven, um, I believe. Okay. But he was the one who's get he was getting the main. I think it was um, six and three, six carries, nine, three targets, and then four and three or something. But so P. either Ryan- way. P. Ryan played 46% of the snaps and got well, the six, snaps. six carries and two targets. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin played 33% of the snaps. Seven uh, and three, I think. seven carries and three targets. Yeah, but McLaughlin played more once uh, Javante Williams went down. He uh, was playing over Samaj P. Ryan. McLaughlin last week was the first Denver running back all year to put up double-digit fantasy points. So it's been a, a bad position to be in as a... Um, Denver running back. If Javante Williams plays, which a limited practice on Thursday certainly seems like he's going to play at this point, uh, but we got to keep an eye on it. It's just going to be even uglier. I wouldn't want to start any of them. Um, if I had to start one of them, it would be, I'm just going to say Jaleel because I don't want to say his last name again. It would be Jaleel if it's just him and Samaj P. Ryan. So I got a question for you, Michael. Completely hypothetical. I don't know where this would be coming from. All right. Mm, yeah. You have a decision to make in your flex spot. You could play Samaj P. Ryan if uh, if Williams doesn't go. Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking. You could play Tyler Algier. I know how you feel, but he's in a great matchup against the Texans. And, or Romeo Dobbs against the Raiders. Who would you start in that situation? Romeo Dobbs, so not, not even close. In this hypothetical situation, I do believe that that's the person that's in the flex spot for this hypothetical person so far. But, you know, that you never know. You never know hypothetical what this hypothetical person. This is. hypothetical guy seems crazy. Yeah, this hypothetical guy got beat two weeks ago by a hypothetically super low score in a hypothetically terrible matchup against a, his hypothetical brother, and then took out his revenge last week by putting up the highest score in the league on his hypothetical twin brother. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> um, Kenny Pickett. Upgraded to full participant on Thursday. Looks like he's going to play. I'm kind of disappointed, man. I wanted to see Mitch slang it. Slang season, Mitch. Enough. All right, please. I'm tired <laughs> of Mitchell Trubisky. Anything but Mitchell Trubisky talk. I'll Please. Man, Mitch Trubisky. I love you, Mitch. <laughs> banging, banging the, what is that? You're supposed to be like banging the drum for Mitch Trubisky? I don't know. what I'm For the millionth time. time. Look, he's better than Kenny Pickett right now. All right, I'm not saying it's better for the Steelers say long-term maybe he's, future. He's, maybe he's even with Kenny Pickett. I don't believe in Kenny Pickett at all, but he played sneaky good when he came back in last year. Goodness gracious, Let's put that out there. He he did. Um, Ramondre Stevenson. We're gonna get to Ramondre Stevenson in the Patreon exclusive part of the episode. Stick around for that, or 
you know, go to go to patreon.com slash bro fantasy for as little as three dollars. Hold on, I can hit this banner. Bam. For as little as three dollars, you can listen to the rest of this episode, get a whole bunch of other extras, Discord access. Uh, we're gonna be doing a mailbag, all that stuff, all available on the Discord. Mailbag. I can tell Michael getting you and Matt were done by this time. Uh last time around. I think it's, you, wonder, it's always wonderful like listening to you and Matt. You guys are smart. 25 minutes or so. Listening to you and Matt talk football is like listening to like two hist- historians talk about like a like a battle in World War II. Like just like you guys have so much in- intense knowledge just burnt into your brain that you just mentioned casually. And so that your intense knowledge is just casual and you get even more intense. It's like it's like a it's like a history professor talking about World War II. Talking um, about Gettysburg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh Miles Sanders had a groin injury. He was limited on Thursday's practice, was absolutely ineffective last week, uh, which sucks because uh he was in a good matchup. That was another I, one. He was injured, and people are like, Oh, Chuba Hubbard played more snaps than Miles Sanders. Is it the changing of the guard? Like we knew Miles Sanders was injured. Like clearly he was injured enough where he got out snapped by uh Chuba Hubbard, I don't think that's going to be a, a thing moving forward. I, I mean, it's fair to say it's not a thing, but does it is it does it remain this week? Because he's still hurt. I mean, it's not like he didn't get he got 13 carries. It's not in and, and three and, targets and three you know, targets, he got 16 yeah. opportunities. It's not as if he wasn't part of the game plan. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you have Miles Sanders as your RB, two, I mean, he's had a, a bit of a, you know, rough start to the season in terms of overall production. Um but the whole Panthers offense has had a rough start to the season with Bryce Young at the helm. So if that's just gonna how it's going to be, he's more of just like a volume-based flex, low-end RB2 type of guy. Michael recently acquired uh, Darren Waller in the in our home league. Uh, yep. Daniel Jones said it's important to make Daniel Waller, uh, Dan Wall, Darren Waller excuse me, a bigger part of the offense and has to do a better job finding him and getting him the ball. Does this make any difference in how you're feeling about Mr. Waller? Look, Darren Waller... Again, it was a standalone game against Seattle. I'm sure a lot of you listening watched. I was watching it. He blocks far too often for a team that has Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, and Wondell Robinson as their top three receivers, or Paris Campbell, or Sterling Shepard. Like, if you have five receivers and someone says, list them in order of skill, and you go, uh, you know it's a fucking terrible receiver room, all right? Because there's you're not getting five-star receivers. You're getting five highly mediocre receivers, and that's a Giants receiver room. So to see Darren Waller blocking as much as he is or doing the, you know, bump at the line and then just run into the flat, like he needs to be a primary target on more plays because he's the most talented at the position than anyone else on the team, especially when you don't have Saquon Barkley back there. Like, what are you doing not using Darren Waller more? I, I it's just bugging me out. I don't understand it at all. Um, but it's never a bad thing when a quarterback says we need to get this guy more involved. Speaking of the Giants, Saquon Barkley, you just mentioned him, expected to be limited in Thursday's practice. Do you think there's any chance he plays this week? Like He has shown before that he is on a different level of human body than other people. Does he come back early from this? How do you feel? I think he's going to play this week if he's practicing on Thursday. He practiced a little bit last week. Then he was doubtful for the Monday game. Um, that would have been an early return. But again, now it's this is going to be the third game, but he, he had the, the long weeks, so... I mean, I'm ex- I'm expecting to play with a limited practice on Thursday. Even if he's not 100%, he's better than Matt Burita and Gary Brightwell. The Raiders battery against the Packers this week. Jimmy Garoppolo remains in the concussion protocol, but practice on Thursday. Devontae Adams held out of practice on Thursday. He went down hard on his shoulder uh, last week. 
It's against the Packers. Yeah. They don't play till Monday night, which makes it a hard decision because it's going to be hard to pivot off one of these guys if you have to wait. Are you waiting for Devontae Adams and then pivoting to like Hunter Renfro? Like, I don't know. Like, who do you even or like? Jaden Reed, if available. Luke Musgrave, something like I that. I feel like Jaden Reed flex. and Luke Musgrave are, are they might be rostered. Already, yeah. yeah. So Samari just... Torre, maybe. Ugh. Little Samari Torre action. Look. Uh, what's who? Who is the guy we were talking about again? Jimmy. Now I'm thinking about Samari Torre. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Devonte Adams. Like the issue with Devonte Adams is the shoulder, obviously, but he also returned last week and caught like five passes on the final drive where they came back. So like he said that he was in pain, but he still came back in and still tore it up because he's Devonte Adams. Tomorrow's the big day. Um, since they're playing Monday night, the Thursday practice is basically the Wednesday practice where it's not that important. Um, if he misses tomorrow's practice, then that would be a, a lot bigger of a deal. For now, I'm planning on, like I have Devontae Adams in a couple leagues, and planning on keeping him on my lineup. Uh, we I mentioned uh, before, I don't know if you heard me the 777,000 times I said it during the offseason, but these number two wide receivers on their own teams who are disguised as number one options on fantasy teams, I was avoiding them. And we'll talk more about it later. But one of the guys was T. Higgins. And That's been rough to start this season. I, right I know. I'm going to talk about it. Don't, trust me. Patreon.com slash Broader Fantasy. So T. Higgins was one of those guys. And look, when you have those guys, I'm not saying you should have faded them all the, all the way. They're just going a little too high for me because what they do is they are up and down. They're a roller coaster ride. And games like this is when these guys shine. This is against Arizona. Arizona is a better matchup than we even imagined because Arizona's offense is actually good with Josh Dobbs. So teams are able to throw and continue throwing. Because oh, no. They have huh? to. Oh, no. Because the, con- the Cardinals are in the game. Um, 20 points allowed to the, to the quarterback per game. First in true matchup rankings, number one for passing quarterbacks. Wide receivers, seventh in true matchup ranking, giving up 25% more points over average. The Cardinals are hemorrhaging points, even to the running back. And this is a struggling offense that's looking to get back on track. This is when T. Higgins hits a 70, 65-yard touchdown. Uh, But it doesn't look like he's going to play in this game. Big bummer. Big, big bummer. Yeah. I mean, a rib fracture, he's probably going to be out multiple weeks, which is not ideal at all. And the the offense for the Cincinnati Bengals has just been brutal this season. Obviously, Joe Burrow is more injured than he's letting on. I mean, he has to be. It's not like he just turned into a atrocious receiver, um, excuse me, quarterback. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but they got to do something. I mean, Jamar Chase was pissed after the game. I'm sure you uh, that has been going around everywhere. Did you see that? What when they when they asked him if he's open, he said, "I'm open. I'm always yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. open." I'm always yeah. open. Yeah. Sorry for the profanity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he. Everyone's frustrated. I I get it. They're all frustrated. They they deserve to be frustrated. That's a frustrating situation in Cincinnati. Um, something that's not that is frustrating. Also, buys begin this week. The real fantasy season begins this week. Phase two of the fantasy season, ladies and gentlemen, where your depth is tested. Uh, always. Everyone likes to have that 4-0 team and, oh, yeah, yo, my starting lineup's so great until your depth is tested. Uh, which, by the way, speaking of testing depth, someone who you didn't draft at tight end, but the tight end landscape is so terrible, um, Logan Thomas, who's been startable because of how many targets he's getting, but he's not been in the end zone, just got in the end zone for the Washington Commanders. Yeah, I'm in a 14-team league uh, where tight end was my risky spot. 
I had Cole Komet starting the first three weeks. Uh, did not do very well. I picked up Logan Thomas and started him last week. Mm. Um, Cole Komet went wild. And then Jake Ferguson became available. So I put a shitload of fab on Jake Ferguson. And I started him this week and benched Logan Thomas and Cole Komet, who both have touchdowns already. Woof. Yeah. Woof. Um, sometimes oh, that's just how it goes. I'm not even mad about it. Like, whatever. It's just, of course, that's how it goes sometimes. Maybe. We're at 35 minutes. So this is, yeah, this is a, up, this is a me we? problem at, yeah. at this point. Yeah, we'll, we'll save the big news for last. I know everyone probably wants to hear our, our thoughts on Jonathan Taylor. But before we get to Jonathan Taylor. Because I'm the Taylor. Austin Eckler expected to return week six. Again, this is their, this is the um, the bye week for them. Amon Ross St. Brown did not practice on Thursday. And this is concerning for one reason. Because if it was the turf toe that he's been resting, that's one thing. But it's a different injury. It's an abdomen injury on top of the turf toe injury. Oof. So if Amon Ross St. Brown does not play this week in a good matchup, you got Josh Reynolds, you got Jameson Williams, who's making his debut this week. Maybe this is the time Jameer Gibbs finally gets going at some point. Um, how are you feeling about the Lions outlook without Amon Sam Laporta? Sam Laporta so, I mean, probably gets eight-plus targets. I'm going to say this about Sam Laporta. He's breaking the mold for rookie tight ends, but let's all calm down a second. All right. I mean, he's had a tremendous start to his career. He's had one good game. I mean, and look three, at the tight end landscape. He's yes, had even his bad games, games are, have been quote unquote average. Like, right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, let's not let's not trade too much for this man. All right. I'm just saying he's still a rookie tight end who's still like scoring seven points a game, except outside of one game. All right. So let, let's just like chill out. Just a little bit. It's a little yeah, bit, although I will say, finally a rookie tight end that I am comfortable starting. It's it's com- I'm comfortable starting him. Kind of crazy. Never yeah, thought that would be the case. I don't know if you have the balls to start Jameson Williams' his first game back. I probably wouldn't. Um, I haven't been one league where I am uh, needy. So I don't maybe. see him playing more than like a quarter of the snaps, if I'm being honest. But all I need is one. All I need is one, Michael. Uh, Damian Pierce. Practice on Thursday. So what? One of our best calls of the year was get away from Damian Pierce. He scored a couple touchdowns. Well, if, CJ, if CJ Stroud keeps balling and he keeps getting 20 carries, he'll get some volume-based Najee Harris-style action. Yeah, okay. That's true. Still. I'm still not I'm still not interested. I mean, I'm not saying go trade for Damian Pierce, but his stock is looking a little better now since CJ Stroud's been balling out. That's true. He did have a good game last week against a very beatable defense. And then finally, the big news, Jonathan Taylor spoke to the media, said he feels really good to be healthy when asked about his return from injured reserve. Um, If somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here, he says. It's interesting how he worded all of his quotes. I will say that. How his quotes are being presented and how he worded them, he was very careful with his words to not say, I am playing for the Colts without a contract. Like he did not say that specifically. He said, if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. It feels really good to be healthy. Didn't say it feels good to be back on the field. Didn't say it doesn't feels good to suit up with the Colts. No, he says it feels good to be healthy. Look, Jonathan Taylor is about to make some people very happy coming back, but there's, I'm not completely 100% sold on it quite yet. Quite yet. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But I mean, way. if he's back, he's going to play. Yes, a lot. Um, yeah, but 
yeah, let's see how that goes. If he wants to play 100% of the snaps. Uh, I mean, Zach Moss has been playing well in his stead, so I assume Zach Moss still gets a little bit of work. But Zach Moss was looking like a, a steal off the waiver wire. Um, but now, unfortunately... Useless. Maybe maybe he has some flex value this nah. week because we don't like if you're this desperate. week this week fine this week yeah this week if you don't have any other options but I doubt he's really gonna have any value if George if Jonathan Taylor stays like with the Colts Michael rest of season Jonathan Taylor from the moment he steps foot on the field right not necessarily this week but from the moment he steps foot on the field rest of season ranking. We have no idea how it's going to play out, but I probably rank around RB fifteen. Really? I think I would rank around RB eight, nine, set ten, maybe even seven. Yeah. Like you don't really have as many guys that's going to get as much work as Jonathan Taylor when he gets back on the field. In my well, I'm, I'm I'm weighing the the risk into it of him playing two games and saying screw this, I'm not playing with the Colts anymore. <laughs> well, he has to he has to suit up for six games if I'm not mistaken to make his contract count so that he can't be franchised again next year. So I do believe that's the case. All right. All right. Um, with that being said, that's how we're going to end it. Remember, head over to patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. I forgot to take the banner off, so it's been here the whole time. Uh, so if you're watching on YouTube, you have been reminded constantly, there's no excuse. $3 a month, man. $3 a month. What yeah. is that? That's a half a Starbucks. Half which, a latte. Which, by the way, do you know how Starbucks makes their money, bro? Real quick before we get it, before we get off. Starbucks is a bank. What they did was they created these cards, right? And they started selling them online where you can prepay the cards. So you prepay the cards, right? Yeah. And when you prepay the cards, they sell you coffee with the money on the prepaid cards. But here's the thing. They take those prepaid cards. They take that. They bundle them and they sell them. The same way banks sell debt. Then they use that cash to buy assets. It's ingenious. It's evil genius. See you on Patreon.